Until the last moments, and then it turned into an epic battle of, you know, various epicness. Uh, but guys, I have the two biggest Phil Collins fans on the planet right now. I have Colin McGuire, and I got Ryan Reed. They are right here in the room with me. They're amazing people. They are freshly imbibed with various imbibies. And guys, we're going to ask, we're going to start off the Happy Hour Minisode with the question I ask at the start of every Happy Hour Minisode. Between the two of you, I'm really excited about this. Guys... I'm nervous. What is the worst Phil Collins song? Oh, God. <laughs> oh. Jesus Christ, that's tough. I know. There is a lot. Oh, I, is... I, I, will, I, will, uh, I mean, okay, I'm not going to say wear my hat, but that's up there for me. But uh, I'm oh, more than man. willing to hear all sorts of other ideas and thoughts. I want to know. I don't know if I can answer this just yet. Uh, Colin, can you answer? Because I, need, I, I would, need some time. I would go literally, and I mean literally, with anything on Testify. I mean, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it's going to be on that album. Well, it's going to sure, be on but... that album. Uh, I was gonna, I was really going to fuck with Ryan and say One More Night, but I won't do that. Oh, God, <laughs> God damn it, dude. That would have been delightful, by the way. I was waiting for that. I know. Actually, um, no, I, I don't know. Ryan, what do you have? I... Oh man! The times they are changing it's, is actually up there for me. I'm not even yeah, kidding about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. Oh, dude, it's got to be something untestified, just, just based on principle alone. Uh-huh. Like I can't think of the actual. Oh, Part wait, of me wait, wants wait. to go with that fucking Tarzan song though, with In Sync. I thought you loved Tarzan. Yeah, I do, but that <laughs> that song is. Two worlds is a fucking masterpiece. All right. <laughs> wait you guys? a second. Wait, do you guys You'll remember? Be in my heart. It's a... <laughs> You'll be in my heart. in the camp. Trash in the camp. Yeah. Do you guys Rosie- remember on uh, uh, Dance Into the Light, the song where he tries to be a hip-hop artist? Oh, they, oh what uh, the fuck is it called? What? Take Me Down? Yeah. Uh, no, that's not remember. it. No, River is so it? wide, same moon. I'm just reading off the track list now. It's yeah. in your eyes. Yeah, Love it's, Police. It's not the same moon. I might think it's Love okay. Police, if I'm not mistaken, but I also don't care. So, uh, because it's also, it's I don't remember this at all. Uh, you don't remember just... the hip hop. He talks about, I'm telling you in the liner notes, this is, I'm, I'm really big on oh, No, please on do. That. I but, love it. But, um, in the liner notes that he did for the re-release for dancing to the light, he kind of disowns it. He's like, yeah, I tried to do hip hop and it sucked. So, <laughs> well, credit is where credit due. He, he acknowledged the, that. So the irony is that a lot of rappers love Phil yeah. Collins. Mm-hmm. Um, He's like a, Super, like all, like he did this piece with uh, Both Thugs and Harmony, with Rolling Stone, I believe, where it was like the one that everybody quoted, where everybody thought he was suicidal. Yeah, yeah oh. if you guys remember that. Oh and my like, god, how could they, you not read that? <laughs> oh, that's such a that's such a classic. And then uh, I was hoping you wrote it, but I guess you didn't. Oh no, no, I I wish I had. Well, actually, I don't know because it was such a sad. Yeah. Everybody thought he was on the verge of suicide, yeah. and then he put out this like press release. And it's like, no, I I'm not killing myself, but they. They interviewed, I can't, there was some rapper they interviewed, and he was like, yeah, man, Phil Collins is dope. Well, again, yeah. he did that song with, he did, he did that song with Bone Thugs and Harmony. I can't remember what song they sampled. Uh, they sampled it. Take Me Home. Yeah, that's right, yeah, which was just amazing, and he flew out and did the music video and everything for him, like, yeah, I like what you guys will do, and I'll fly out for your video shoot. It's like, uh, Bone was, Thugs and Colony. That was the God worst Phil Collins oh. ever. <laughs> So good. Bam. Boom. Boom. Drop the yeah, mic. Yeah. Except I can't because it's expensive. Can we do the rest 
of this with Evan doing the Phil Collins impersonation. Cause Can we make that a rule? Can we and every future. Uh, <laughs> every future chartographer that you do. Yeah, well, actually, it makes no sense, but you're just... If you want us back, Evan, if you want Ryan and Colin back, you need to give us that accent. I need that right. This is the only way it's going to happen, try to do what I do. Uh, actually, though, funny fact, uh, just a couple days ago, our dear friend Ryan Reed did put out a, uh, a article of, what was it, the 20... Uh, Peter Gabriel songs that only hardcore fans would know. I read that, Ryan. I did. I read. Yeah, I, even I was hoping you would. I, did. I almost tweeted at you. I always feel too shy. Me for too. Some reason. Like, Me too. Like I'm, feel, yeah. I'm so underconfident that I feel like secretly, if I say something like that to you, you're like, "Good God, already! What is it with this guy? <laughs> this motherfucker right like over here." Does he not like any other bands? So I, I never do it. I wrote, and then every once in a while I do, and I'm like, okay, he does. He he actually does I wrote, like me. Okay. I wrote something about Brand New in the last year, and I thought the same thing about you. I'm like, should I tweet at you? But maybe I shouldn't, because you're really special and important and very successful. Uh, and then and there's I, Evan, well, Evan the middleman in this entire thing. You guys, you guys just hold Evan, me like China is what you do. Oh, oh My mom God. and dad don't like me. <laughs> Literally oh, every man. time Colin does it, I'm gonna laugh. I'm just telling you right now. <laughs> Ryan, did you determine it's... your least favorite uh, Phil Collins song? I'm gonna have to go with "Trash in the Camp." Good, I think <laughs> that's a solid choice. Honestly, that's with not probably, and I don't know if it's a coin flip between the Rosie O'Donnell version and the in sync version. It's you can't go wrong either way, folks. Let's just <laughs> do you want honest. Donald Trump or Ted Cruz? That's literally the musical it's... equivalent of that. Is between hey, oh. those two? Political, political. Uh, that's amazing, by the way. Uh, Political humor. Yeah, I know. So I also wanted to toss this idea out there, because I'm actually just curious. Again, uh, Ryan and Colin are big Genesis fans, so I'm just curious. Better solo career, Gabriel or Collins? Uh, Gabriel. Yeah, this could be its own own podcast. Because, I mean, if you go to Phil Collins, you're going to say, well, mega successful, all those things. But Peter Gabriel, by leaps and bounds... Has the oh, cooler, yeah. better, more interesting uh, catalog. I mean, I don't think Absolutely. that's a question, right? Like, I oh god, it's yeah. yeah to me, it's and I don't, maybe there are people who would go with Phil on this, but I think, I, I mean, yeah, for me, it's we're talking about a musical god, yeah. Peter. I yeah. mean, he's like the top three. I mean, I actually just recently did. Uh, was hanging out with a couple people and we did we actually wrote down our top 10 bands and we were going back and forth and arguing about it and and my, my top four it's I don't I still don't feel confident in the order but it's the Beatles duh not even interesting Genesis Peter and Radiohead and it's like where how do I order those four but I ended up with uh, with Peter at number three so yeah, I mean Peter is like a god to me. But then Phil, I think of Phil. My my love for him is more rooted in his stuff with Genesis. Yeah. Just because yeah. I mean like, like the the Phil Genesis albums to me are like sacred. Mm-hmm. But the Phil solo stuff only like three albums would really make that list of like the desert island but you do understand that in admitting your love for peter gabriel over this that includes loving the barry williams show you know that right you know (laughs) did you know that i actually i actually wrote this is actually no it's not embarrassing it's not embarrassing at all i wrote a a college paper about the barry williams show music video yeah hey hey claps okay yeah um sorry it's the most it's, thank, it's the thank you thank you jeb i appreciate the wanting of clapping 
I got, <laughs> clap, please clap. Please clap. I got an I got an A on that paper, and I felt very proud of it. <laughs> I analyzed the imagery of the oh, oh the, the video is better than the. the song. I would agree with that. <laughs> Although in college, I actually I did a philosophy class where I don't know how it came up. I discovered my teacher was a bit of a music nerd, and yeah. um, I wound up doing a paper about uh, good uh, like how a remix changes the you know aesthetic intent of a song. And so I Ooh. grabbed something off of a Gri- the Grizzly Bears first album because they did an entire remix EP uh, album with it, and that was the first time I ever heard of uh, Owen Pallet slash Final Fantasy and so I did like here's the original versus these two remixes they did I just bullshitted around in like music critic language for a bit got an A on it you know same thing it was just nice. like I'm like ah oh, remixes I included a CD with my paper too so there was that element to it which is very nice I'm sure very wonderful for all those involved but yeah to go, go ahead and Colin tell us about your college paper you got an A on about music uh, in college I drank a lot and listened to Fat Joe Boom. Oh my god, Fat Joe! Oh wait, oh, I'm thinking of something else. Oh my god, I, I didn't think about, we were going to bring him up. I was there. thinking, I know, really, how often does Fat Joe come up in Phil Collins' podcast? Boom. I know we're doing it again. We just broke ground. I know. We just actually I love ground. Big Pun, by the way. That's my favorite. Much as round. Fat Joe did. I, I have, I, I want, I, I do have a topic of discussion I would like to, I would like to just broach, or if Please. we have a couple minutes, if, if we can do that. I, I don't want to take away uh, Evan's thunder. I, I know he has very specific things he wants to talk about. Okay. But I really want to talk about the live version of the Phil Collins songs, since this mm-hmm. uh, since this is the Phil Collins half episode. I mean, do you guys are you guys familiar at all with with the bands that he took out for these records? Uh, well, there's the Phil Collins big band that I know he did. Well, okay, for, uh, yeah. You know, that, that <laughs> that's, that Evan, you're I like that's <laughs> like I know um, the players, but they kind of all get jumbled in my head as to which on which tour and who played together. But I definitely know, at least I think I do, I most mean, of the core people who he played with on stage. But like when he took out the, Phoenix. I think you've got more knowledge on that than me. So let's yeah, let's hear it. Let's Drop hear your it. knowledge. Well, he took out the Phoenix Horns for the first two tours, I think two or three tours, and they were just incredible. I don't. Are you guys fam- yeah. uh, familiar with uh, No Ticket Required, the VHS that he put out? Um, no. That was, that was his very first tour, but his very first tour actually was not off face value. It was off Hello, I Must Be Going. And he went out and did these, these sort of medley of songs. There, a lot of the live extras are on um, the, the reissues yeah, that you guys yeah, yeah. both have, right? Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> that stuff is killer. But but I'm assuming, Ryan, at least you, you've heard uh, Serious Hits Live, that live record that came out? Yeah, no? I actually remember his live stuff I'm, I don't listen to oh, pretty much ever. Me. But We're... but I like it. Like It's it's one of those things I, I always, I'm just a studio album person. Yeah. I almost never listen to live stuff. Well, to me, I, Chester Thompson, Chester Thompson, the legend. Oh, he's a fucking yeah. incredible yeah, he's just As his and, Genesis work. Yeah, his his yeah. Genesis work and Phil took him out. Even I don't know if you guys have ever listened to the stuff he did with Frank Zappa, but but it's just yes. Oh my God, uh, I was actually just listening to um, One Size Fits All. Oh, I believe, pretty sure he plays on that album. Oh, he mistaken. he went out. Uh, do you have Live at the Roxy? Oh my God, yeah, yeah um, that's my favorite Zappa yeah. of all time. Yeah. Side note: okay, now, his documentary yes. just opened up, the Frank Zappa one. I'm so excited mm. to see that. Yes, mm. me too. I haven't. I've, so it's out now? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's play, it like playing in Chicago, in the... like at the Art House Theater, but yeah, the one... Oh, yeah. man. So oh, then what so are you excited. doing here? Why aren't you there? I know, yeah. gee. Well, I had to I had to hit record on the button to make the podcast go. 
Uh, well, so, go ahead. Okay, go ahead, Evan. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for that detour. It's Let's fine. Keep going. No, I was just what the thing that struck me though in doing my research for this, leading up to the thing. I was like, uh, is it just me or is it weird that all like again half his number ones come from soundtracks? Like, I don't. That just struck oh, me as I such don't. a weirdly unusual. You have a theory. I don't agree with that. Okay. Half is number ones? Uh, half, half. At least three. Because remember, uh, it was the, on the Buster soundtrack, what was it? I think he had two uh, that were number one, if I'm not mistaken. What was on the Buster soundtrack? The oh. only movies that I associate him with is Tarzan, and then he did Against All Odds. What, what am I missing? Uh, let's go through it right now. Guys, get on your jackets. Because uh, <laughs> he also did uh, White Knights, which had the song Separate Lives. Okay, that, that went number sucks. one. That that <laughs> might be my least favorite Phil Collins. That's thing a bad song. Uh, that went number one again. Uh, against all odds, of course, had against all odds. And the Buster soundtrack, he had three songs on there. Two of them went to number one in the U.S. A groovy no. kind of love no. and two hearts. Ugh. Oh. Ugh. Yeah. Bad. Yeah. Bad. Oh. Yeah. Can I? That's it. Can we just delete all of this? He I'm, had seven number ones, and four on of them the were from soundtrack, soundtracks, which yeah. is why, like, I think that's a part of the reason why a lot his uh, best of his hits collection sold as well as it did because all the all these like big hit singles you had to get else you had to get on a compilation because they're not available in any other just regular Collins albums. Because who's gonna buy the fucking you know. That's uh, right. Other soundtrack for White Knights. I'm not going yeah. to because I have money and I want to use it for actual purchases, <laughs> not that. I want to eat and live, not listen to a soundtrack that has second-rate, you know, Fleetwood Mac players on it. That's just me. Ooh, That's ooh just there's me. a shot of Fleetwood ooh. Mac. Hey, here's a question. If Phil Collins announced that he was going to tour one more time, would, two, would you guys go? Hell no. If he was going to tour one more time, is that what you said? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. if he went out and you knew it was going to be like the hits, he did the first oh, final yeah. farewell tour, but you knew that you were going to get only the hits, would you still go? Yeah, I'd go. I would go no matter what he... I've never seen him, so it, it would just yeah. be... I would have to cross that off my list. Yeah. Okay. In, Evan, any, in any capacity, even though I think it would it would not be the same because he couldn't play drums. That's the saddest yeah. thing about this, yeah. is that Phil not playing drums is... Uh, I don't know. That's half the reason I would want to go see him. I know. Because, I mean, he's a. I think he's a great singer personally. I know Evan does not agree, but his I, drumming I, is just. I think he's the greatest drummer to ever pick up drumsticks personally. Ooh, so really, ooh. well, I, and then I, think again, I mean, I, would, I mean, I say that, but then again, I listened to. Oh God, what was the X band? I'm totally spacing for this. Brand album. X. Thank Brand you. Because the drumming on that, I was listening to that album uh, on Orthodox the other day, and that was. That was some very succinct, precise oh, shit that he had good. on there. Yeah, like he's, that's... he's so underrated. Right. Oh, man. And, exa- and that's I why understand. I'm not necessarily like... It's just such a hard thing for me. Although, here's the other question, though. Um, in terms of his Genesis work, is it like... Do we... How, how much do we care? Like, I mean, in terms of, like, in ranking him where he stands as a stuff. Because, really, once he took over, once a big... Uh, and, there, and then there were three came out. It's like the band... I mean... All, I mean, aside from all the prog stuff going to the wayside, then he's just you're kind of going about and turning it into a pop song. Because, like, Invisible Touch, like, I know it's technically a band song, but it's also basically a Phil Collins song at this point, especially once he hit Duke era. But, like, and so he's like, it was really big of me to try and, you know, stick with the band while I did my solo career. But, like, <laughs> I, want, I want to add. I want to ask. made its return. Exactly. Like, I mean, how I, you guys are the big giant, 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 you know, uh... Phil Collins, Peter Gabriel, Genesis people. So that's what I want to know. I want to know where you stand on that. How much do you care about Phil Collins era, peak era, pop era, Genesis? Do you know, do you care? (laughs) (laughs) I I would say, I mean, 
Sorry, you can go ahead. No, Kevin. no, no. I was going to say, Ryan, you go first because I kind of wonder if we're going to agree on this. I don't know that we will, but but you go. You go first. Okay. I, Evan, I think I understood your question, but it was you were asking about, like, if there was much of a difference once Phil went, did his solo right, stuff he did a versus solo stuff his Genesis material. And the face value became, and for those who don't know, when he went solo, uh, face value became the best-selling album that he ever did, apart from, you know, like, even more than anything yeah. he did with Genesis. So he's like, oh, there's really something to this. They've got to keep going on with it. And uh, <laughs> yeah. But the thing is that then, of course, when he came back, then Genesis, although they continued to make albums together, they just became yeah. very much more and more of a pop group to the point where Invisible Touch, to this day, yeah. a lot of people, especially when you think about Napster, a lot of people mistook it for, like, oh, it's a Phil Collins song. There's, like, yeah. you know, at that point, it just kind of almost becomes indistinguishable. Well, Genesis think, never wrote Thunder and Lightning, but I digress. <laughs> Very good point, <laughs> oh, yes. Man. I, I just, I think there's a, a kind of a misconception with a lot of people who who look at, who, who view Genesis as being sort of a vehicle for Phil. And I think, to me, Tony Banks of Genesis is, mm. is the creative genius of the band. Mm. I think that's true even through, even up till the end of Genesis really, yes. if you want to consider it the end I just I think every album you know kind of Duke post Duke has those songs where you're like yeah of course that's that's the Phil song mm-hmm. you know where he they kind of let him just do his thing and then added some color behind it but I, I don't know I, when I listen the only album that really feels that way at all actually I was gonna say Invisible Touch but not really when I think about it because yeah. there's so much mm-hmm. density even on even though the production had gotten so bright and it had been, you know, stripped down to an extent, to me, Tony Banks is still, you can just hear him and his chord changes, really. There's just so much that's, it's not as on the surface, like if you listen to whatever, Trick of the Tail or something, Mm -hmm. and it's very ornate, but you can still hear that in Invisible Touch. There's still a thread that goes through it, so... I don't know. There are bigger pop songs for sure. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody, the production was sort of making everybody lean closer to that kind of thing. But I don't know. I, I still, to me, it's very separate. When I think of Phil, if I compare, uh, God, I don't know, even No Jacket Required or something to Duke yeah. or to any of the 80s Genesis albums. To me, they're very, very different. Uh, and, and I think it's just because you can hear the band element to it much more and because of tony i think you can hear tony's influence on everything all right so yeah hot take colin hot take colin uh yeah you're right tony was very very specific in making sure he was heard um i don't know if have you have you watched the bbc documentary from a couple years ago some of the parts i think yeah yeah. i actually was was very disappointed in that me too i was i was too because you didn't really you didn't really learn much but the one thing that you you found out or at least that something that i took away from it that i didn't know before was that tony banks really thought he was the leader of the band which which yeah which i didn't quite i didn't quite know um, until until I saw that. Um, uh, the, the only real question when it comes to Genesis is what do you think of calling all stations? Because I think that's... Oh, dear God. Yeah, I I, I, I think it's... <laughs> an abo- well, I would say an abomination, but... Yes. Uh, I don't know if I would go that far, but it's... it's for your hard- I hope all of the hardcore Genesis listeners right now are laughing pretty hard. Uh, yes, I hope so, is, yes. That is a quality joke. <laughs> guys, uh, just re- uh, before we go, we talked about a lot here. Before we go, uh, gotta, what's your favorite Phil Collins story, if you have one? Whether it be something Ooh. you read about or something 
something that either you personal interaction or thing. You know, oh, what setlist oh, you stole from him. You know, all sorts of all sorts of things. I'm just really curious. Oh God, I... you got so many. I've no, not unfortunately, I've never met Phil in person. I've never interviewed him. I've interviewed uh, Tony yeah, Banks. Really? Who are you? Yeah. Damn it! I hate you, dude. I was, I was so, ner- and I've interviewed Peter too. Oh, I got to, to hell! I fuck this. I'm out. How did I not tell you <laughs> no, that? You like, like, wait, which Peter? Which Peter are we talking about here? Peter Townsend. Yeah, P- Peter Townsend. Cool. I, Ryan Reed interviewed Peter, Peter Townsend. Townsend. Dude, that's awesome. Not uh, Pete Townsend. Very different guy. You want to make sure. Pete G. Pete G. Yeah, exactly. So. I have- yeah, I'd, Phil Collins but, stories. But, go ahead, go ahead, Brian. I mean, fuck, no, you talked to everybody. Tell us your Peter Gabriel story yeah. then at that point. Yeah, Jeez. let's go with Peter. <laughs> Colin, give us a real story. Uh, give, me, give me a story. A real story, boy. Um, Phil Collins, I, I will tell you this. Um, I don't know if you guys, there was a VHS that came out. Do you guys, well, you might not, Evan. I don't know how much you are into it, but The Way We Walk, remember those two discs, Ryan, the Genesis? Yeah, yeah. Did, did you ever see the VHS from that? I've got actually, a, if it's the same thing, I've got the DVD version. The DVD does not have, I own both. <laughs> That's everybody, ladies Nerd and gentlemen. Alert. I do not have Nerd the VHS. Alert. Yeah, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Colin McGuire. Um, Hashtag super fan. Yeah, sorry, sorry about that. Uh the VHS has like a 20, it's not even 20, it's like 17 minute documentary beforehand um, that didn't make it to the DVD, which I'm very disappointed about. And Oh, wow. I need to buy this. Um, and it chronicles them sort of setting up for that tour because that was really a big tour when they did it. It was in stadiums and all yeah. that stuff. Uh, and he's really like, there. there's this moment in that, that little documentary where he's just the biggest dick the world and all you want to do is reach through the screen and say oh no phil don't do that what was he saying he was like uh he he did this radio he he was doing press in i think it was houston dallas it was somewhere in texas and uh he he started kind of mouthing off to one of the radio djs about uh cheating on his wife or something like that oh and and um he just but he but he's trying to be funny because phil always tried to be funny that was his deal that's his achilles heel if we're really getting down to it yeah yeah. that's very true and he was always trying to be funny and it didn't go sorry (laughs) my mom and dad both say every goddamn time No, but but he just and he goes off and everybody in the studio is not laughing and then Phil starts to laugh and there's this uncomfortable moment uh. where everybody else just feels like they have to laugh um, and it's very odd it's very it's very very uncomfortable so if you get that go watch yeah. the VHS for the live the way we walk the, the way we walk thing but I, I have to tell this really really quick it's not a phil story but it's tied to phil chester thompson who is a hero of mine drummer because i play the drums and all that mm-hmm. um i uh years and years ago i thought it would be the coolest thing because he teaches at belmont nashville where, where i think you're are you close to nashville ryan i think you are i'm in knoxville i'm about two oh, hours so that's closer so, than yeah, i am not, at least yeah. too far. <laughs> but but um chester teaches music at belmont university and yeah. I, I found his uh, teacher email address, and I emailed him and asked him for a pair of signed drumsticks. And and I as thought as one does, yeah. as one does, yes. But I thought he'd never, ever, ever, ever comply. And lo and behold, it took him about two weeks. He emailed me back, and he said, "Yeah, no problem. What do you What do you need?" 
And I was I was just shocked by this. Wow. And and then and this is the crazy part though. This was I was I was working in Pennsylvania at this time in western southwestern Pennsylvania. And he says this, he says, Hey, I'm actually I'm with my jazz trio tonight in Scranton or something like that. Would you could I meet you in the in a parking lot to give you these drumsticks? Instead of what? sending them in in the mail, and I'm like, holy fuck! You have to be kidding me! Yeah. And 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 it just it it just so turned out that that was a night. It was very short notice when he emailed me that. I was like, I I couldn't do it at the time, which I'm still kicking myself for right. to oh. this day. Yeah, I'm just I oh I'm, I'm very distraught about this. I would like to not talk about it anymore. Uh, no, but uh, but I was like, I actually I can't make it because he's like, can you meet me in three hours? It was one of those things. And, and I was like, well, I, I can't. And he's like, okay, what's your address? And, and a day later, like, there's a box at, at my doorstep. And it is wow. a pair of drumsticks from Chester Thompson signed. And I, that is one of the greatest things I've ever accomplished. That's beautiful, man. That sounds like a drug deal that almost happened. That's what that sounds <laughs> like. That sounds I just like... wanted to meet him in, like, a parking lot of a Burger King and say, where's my drumsticks, Dan? Yeah. Oh, my God. The only thing I will add to this is that when I interviewed Tony Banks, of course, it was one of the highlights of my entire life. He seems like and he'd be just, such a dick. Was he a dick? Was he a dick? No, he's actually. I thought he was gonna be very, you know, like very stern and kind of intimidating. But I just, I think I just because I complimented him so much up front yeah. that he just was actually very warm to me. It was very shocking because he seems cool. like the coldest person. But yes, he yeah, does. Like, like later on in the in the interview, I was asking him about randomly just talked about like what modern music do you like? I don't know why I ended up asking him that. such a generic question, but he started, he said something about the things that he, d- he listens to. And he's like, uh, I don't listen to any hip hop. I don't like Kanye West, Kanye <laughs> West. And he said it, Kanye. And it made me laugh so hard. At him. <laughs> but for some reason that sticks out in my head that he said Kanye. So that's pretty, fat. how long, how long ago was that interview? Oh, um, I think the last year, back when he, he was a young this, lad. Uh, yeah, he put out this uh, these reissues. I don't know, Colin, if you've heard those. By the way, of his solo stuff. I don't know if I, you've listened to much of his solo things, but not a uh, lot of it. But but some of it was he like Abacab's genius. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, actually, uh, I will say oh, I though, know. I want I want to give myself a little bit of credit here. Uh, I believe I helped your guys's Genesis-based relationship. Blossom. I would like to think that oh, I was course. a matchmaker in terms of that, in terms of getting that, and apparently brand new now too together. Very, like it was, very... just, it just blossomed into a thing altogether that no one was expecting. But I would like to say very... my my Phil Ooh. Collins story is actually not even a story. I would like to read to you one sentence from Roger Ebert's review of the oh. movie Buster. <laughs> uh, the one sentence that just struck out to me is as follows. Buster is played with surprising effectiveness by rock star Phil Collins, who looks and sounds like a gentler Bob Hoskins. Oh my god. <laughs> have you guys, have either one of you seen Mona Lisa? The movie Mona Lisa? No. Not Mona Lisa Smile, the, just Mona the Lisa. Whole, the whole movie is centered around In Too Deep. What? And Bob Hoskins looks like Phil Collins. He does. He Like that. That review that you just read, Evan, that's accurate. That's very accurate. 
That's amazing. Well, guys, oh we learned a lot, a lot of things. Phil Collins actually dead right now because he was uh, <laughs> uh, Bob Hoskins. He doubled over in a mystery yes. life. And Bob Hoskins, of course, amazing actor, left us with amazing I, movies like Super Mario Brothers, as we know. I, uh, I have to say this. I have a Mike Rutherford story, but if we're going to do a Genesis one someday, I'll save it you for know, that. No, just throw out your Rutherford story right now. I want to hear I, it. I've determined that. I met Mike Rutherford, right? Wow. And, and, I, and I, I met him. He was doing the Mike and the Mechanics thing two years ago, and yet yeah. they were doing small clubs. And I went, and it, it was the dead of winter. It must have been negative 20 degrees out. And I was literally one of four people standing outside the tour bus two hours after their set. That's so sad. And, and, <laughs> Not on your no, part, just in general. That, that he could, no, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like it was. It, it well, he didn't sell it out either. It was like a five hundred seater. He didn't. Nobody cared. So, so I'm, so I'm standing there, and I'm standing there, and I'm standing there, and the the tour manager comes out, and he's like, "Oh, what do you guys want?" I'm like, "I need Mike. I need Mike. I need Mike." And he's like, yeah. "Oh, okay." He goes away for another twenty minutes. Comes out. What do you want? I'm like, "You know what I want. Damn it!" And, and yeah. all this shit. So then finally, and I, I'm not kidding you. I waited out there for hours. Mike Rutherford trots out and he looks at me and he says, he looks right in my eyes and he says, what the fuck do you want? Oh my God. And, and I was like, oh my God, I don't know what to say. And then he follows it up with, it's so bloody cold out here. And I was like, oh man, I'm so sorry. And I got a quick picture with him and I had him sign my Mike and the Mechanics records. And uh, then I left and that was it. And he seemed to be so angry in that moment. So oh I think God. what we've learned is that Mike Rutherford is more of a dick than Tony Banks. Yeah, I think so. That just really tarnished my my image of Mike. I thought he was the gentle, sweet, affectionate one, and Tony was the asshole. But I think we've got this reversed. Yeah, yeah I, this reversed. I think that when he, when he looked at you with his eyes and he said, what the fuck do you want? I think you should have just stood there for a second, paused, a little bit shivery, a little bit cold, and just gone, Kanye West? And just see what he would have done. <laughs> I no, I would have said, oh, that's I want the... you to be like China. Oh, God. All right, oh. guys, listen, I'm ending it right now. Uh, I want to thank Colin. I want to thank Ryan. Thank you guys so much for swinging by and drunkenly perusing the Genesis book uh, from Genesis to Revelation. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Like us on the Facebook and the Tune and then the iTunes and the Google and all the other things. Both of you, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. I really do. Thanks for having me. Well, this was a blast. You. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Keep on listening. You know that we'll be. Have a good one. Bye. My mom and dad both say... Uh...